Hello and welcome to episode two in the stewardship series on the First Lutheran Podcast. Today, Pastor Jeff, Jordan, and Mason will discuss Lazarus and the rich man, Luke 16, verses 19 through 31. There was a rich man who was dressed in purple and fine linen and who feasted sumptuously every day. And at his gate lay a poor man named Lazarus, covered with sores, who longed to satisfy his hunger with what fell from the rich man's table. Even the dogs would come and lick his sores. The poor man died and was carried away by angels to be with Abraham. The rich man also died and was buried. In Hades, where he was being tormented, he looked up and saw Abraham far away with Lazarus by his side. He called out, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am in agony in these flames. But Abraham said, Child, remember that during your lifetime you received good things, and Lazarus in a manner evil things. But now he is comforted here, and you are in agony. Besides all this, between you and us is a great chasm, it has been fixed, so that those who might want to pass from here to you cannot do so, and no one can cross from there to us. He said, Then, Father, I beg you to send him to my father's house. For I have five brothers, that he may warn them, so that they may not also come to this place of torment. Abraham replied, They have Moses and the prophets. They should listen to them. He said, No, Father Abraham, but if someone goes to them from the dead, they will repent. He said to him, If they do not listen to Moses and the prophets, neither will they be convinced, even if someone rises from the dead. Welcome to episode two of our stewardship series here at First Lutheran. We have Pastor Jeff and we have Jordan here. Thanks for being here. It's great to be here. Thanks, Mason. Thanks for hosting. No, not a problem. This week we're talking about Luke chapter 16, verses 19 through 31, which you just heard Jordan uh, talk about. And it's about Lazarus and this rich man who... They're in very different positions. Um, you two, could you talk about what's what's happening here? Yeah, I think um, a little bit of when you hear this text, I'm going to key off a little bit of, of the first session, is we get this idea that stewardship is about managing money. And, of course, a lot of these texts do deal with finances or some sort of, of part of money and influence. But um, a lot of times when I think when you hear this text, it, it kind of, propels you to find yourself in the text, and then all of a sudden you get this uh, kind of underlying motivation that you need to do better at, at what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and you start to uh, self-identify with one character or the other in this text very easily, um, and it starts to kind of uh, dry, digress back into that mentality of, well, I just need to manage this better, and it's about giving my 10%, and you know, if I can do that, well, I've done enough, and you know, all of that kind of thinking. I think uh, in this text it's important to note that the ways that we view stewardship and that we've understood them so far uh, is reversed. And we have that role reversal that happens within the text, and we now see that in our ideas of stewardship. What role reversal are you talking about? So the rich man who stays unnamed as the rich man, he goes into Hades and there's this great chasm. And then Lazarus is lifted up to be in heaven with Abraham. Mm -hmm. Um, And so there's that role reversal of going from rich to poor and poor to rich. Um, And I think we see that kind of reversal in how stewardship happens of it's not necessarily the idea of giving all of our money, um, but what else can we be doing? So is it, 
what I hear in there is it's not necessarily about the how-to, right? It's not about am I rich or am I poor? And if I'm poor, I'm in. It's not a, a how to get to that poor level in order for me to get in. Right. It's it's uh, it's that whole idea that by uh, working your way from your great blessings and abundance into a state of uh, of giving everything away is now going to gain you favor uh, in some way. Um, and I think I think that that's somewhat of the, kind of that underlying motivation is you have this idea that uh, that you can do that that by truly giving away everything you have in a in a financial sense or or something like that uh, will gain you this extra merit. It's kind of the mm-hmm. um, the whole reversal of you know what we call the prosperity gospel that just because I'm I'm good and I make all the right decisions, well, I have all these great blessings that God gives me because of that. Right. Well. No, I mean that's not the case at all. Yeah. Uh, in fact, it's actually the reverse. I mean, you get your blessings because God is good, and you have been uh, put into a place in this world to live out of your blessing. Uh, but we like to roll reverse that on God. I think within uh, what Pastor Jeff just said, we get that theme of freedom, um, where the uh, Lazarus was laid at the poor man's gate. He it wasn't his decision to be there. He. Um, had sores licked by dogs. I mean, he had the lowest of um, torment while on earth, and he found that freedom after Christ and after all of that um, and was found to be in this great heaven afterwards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and the other thing I was thinking of was this dynamic between thinking of, of uh, the promises is only for the rich or the promise is only for the poor or the benefit is only for one or the other and and i think sometimes it's really easy for us to kind of lift up one or the other uh and say that that's our goal that's what we really should be looking for uh in that and that's not the case at all even though we have a little bit of a dynamic in here because in the in the text itself we have abraham who uh he is rich he's very rich mm-hmm. but it is not that blessing is what uh, what named him as righteous, it was his belief in God that was deemed as righteousness. And that was his ability to actually trust in the promise that God would provide and does provide all. Right, because in the passage, you have the rich man calling out to Abraham, right. which is, I mean, he's also rich, so that you could see that parallel there. But Abraham then says, raising from the dead is not going to convince your, your brothers that of how to live correctly. It's, it's not about shaming them into look at this, like you're, you're going to die if you, you don't right. do it correctly. Yeah. So it's, it's more about freeing them rather than shaming them. Right? Well, and it's kind of that, uh, it's a little bit of what Luther dealt with was that kind of that mid, um, era of the church of using this kind of threat of eternal damnation and eternal uh, um, suffering. Uh, this is how we're going to motivate you to be better. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is really, we kind of hear that play out here in a, in a great way. And he's like, no, it's not the point at all. And, and, he, and the text even names that because, um, you know, obviously Jesus here is teaching to the Jews. And of course, they want to stake their righteousness in that they are sons of Abraham yeah. and they are able to do this because they can perform the law perfectly mm-hmm. uh, and all of those things. And, and it actually strips away that identity and says, this isn't it at all. It isn't it at all. It's about Christ now coming back and bestowing this freedom through his promise for you. Uh, you can't earn your way out of your debt of sin. 
it's just given in mercy. And I think that that's a really hard thing for people to understand is putting, people want to put a value on mercy of what that means. And, and it just getting the release from that is something that's hard. Uh, so we want to put conditions on it. Uh, and this is not what Christ does when you encounter him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think in Abraham's response to the rich man um, that we see in Luke 16, we have a further understanding that um, the rich man is viewing this as a set of guidelines. Um, but Abraham responds that if your brothers don't listen already to Moses and the other prophets, they're not going to get it because they don't understand that promise that Abraham has said or that we see constantly in the gospel. Um, and so it's just that idea of you have your guidelines. We've been taught them. Um, the Jews were taught them. We've been told all of our rules and regulations, mm-hmm. but until you understand that promise that you are forgiven and there is no guideline that you can do, uh, you won't really be able to get into the kingdom of heaven. Right. It's not about how much you give. It's mm-hmm. definitely more about where's your heart. And you can't change your heart by seeing a, new, the, a, a dead guy come back saying, hey, this is what you're supposed to do. Like change your, your actions. That's not actually going to change it. It's the forgiveness that actually changes you. Well, and Christ did come back from the dead. Right. And it it did not change how people necessarily acted, Mm -hmm. uh, but it certainly drove the promise home. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. So now that we've kind of read through this text and we've gotten to the heart of where it's at, we walk away on Sunday morning or at the end of a Bible study and everything that we've known for how to live, our rules, our guidelines, our understanding of our Sunday school sins, that's been stripped away. Um, and I can't help but wonder, so now what do I do? How do I live moving forward? Yeah, I think one of the things that this uh, reminds us again is that stewardship isn't about those guidelines or the 10% or uh, all of those things that uh, seem to kind of supposed to give you that uh, outward motivation in your life, but it's really much more of understanding that it is your life as a whole, that when you're free in Christ, it is where you were called into your work and where you were called into your family and where you were called into the path of people in your life and circumstances in your life and, and, and living out life in those areas uh, freely and knowing that what you give is what you have as well. Uh, that it isn't uh, an expectation uh, placed on you by, again, some qualifier, but you're free to actually love freely. You're free to actually care for others freely. Um, you're free in your work uh, to know that this is serving your neighbor freely. Uh, maybe not entirely freely because it's time and, and of course, there's, there's money involved there, which is kind of where it trips us up again. But hearing that promise again that strips those things away and says, Christ has forgiven you and freed you to now go and be. And that can be an amazing, powerful knowledge to to live in that, from that posture in life rather than out of constant demand and expectation. Thank you for joining us for episode two in the stewardship series. Be sure to join us next time for episode three, Stewarding Faith, Luke 17, verses 5 through 10.